The Holy Gospel according to John, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Sisters and brothers, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we pick up this week where we left off last week, which is in John chapter 6, the prevailing theme of the entire chapter, John 6, being the theme of food and hunger, and especially the theme of hunger in one particular kind of food, and that is bread. And so last week's story was the story of very literal bread, the five barley loaves. Barley loaves, we pointed out, being poor people's food, not wealthy people's food, but which an apparently not wealthy, but nevertheless also not thinking only about himself, child, gave to Jesus along with two fish, and Jesus gave it to the hungry crowd, and the two fish and five loaves fed the crowd of 5,000 all they cared to eat, and the, all were satisfied, and even just the leftovers when they were done were exponentially more than they had even started out with in the first place. That story taught us, that little child taught us, that what seemed like small and insignificant things, when given to and blessed by Jesus, aren't insignificant, but can rather placed in Jesus' hands, accomplish greatly significant things. And that story reminded us of the very biblical truth that little child taught us anew, the very biblical truth that God blesses generosity, with the result that generosity doesn't make you poorer. It makes you richer. Sometimes in ways, though, that are tangible. Sometimes it makes you richer that in ways that not even accountants can, can account for. Stinginess, on the other hand, hard hearts and closed fists, 
hardened and closed to both the desires of God and the needs of others, stinginess in one way or another every single time makes you poorer. Even if the balance seats accountants are preparing for you, tell you how rich you are. At the conclusion of last week's reading, you recall Jesus withdrew from the crowd to be fed and nourished, not by bread, but by time, fellowship time with his father. The disciples then withdrew from the crowd too by getting into their boats to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Later that night, Jesus performed another miracle, miraculously walking on the water out to the disciples in their boots and then miraculously instantly delivering them and their boats to the other side of the sea. The next morning, the crowds went looking for and found Jesus on the other side of the sea and once again crowded around him, at which point our text says for today, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom God has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give to us then? so that we may see it and believe you. Oh, the ungrateful forgiveness. We ungratefully forgetful humans just seem never to leave behind. Moses dealt with it with the people of God, whom God had miraculously delivered from bondage in Egypt, but now who, in our first reading for today, whined to Moses, we wish we were back in Egypt, we wish we were back in Egypt. Now Jesus deals with it again. When crowds that he had just last night miraculously fed by feeding 5,000 of them with those five loaves and a couple fish now find them the next morning and he tells them the most important thing he ever told anybody and that is that life, abundant life, real life, forever life is found not in things but in faith, faith in him. And they say, what sign? Will you do for us, Jesus, that we may see it and then have faith in you? What sign will he do? Did they forget about last night's miraculous supper? Well, maybe. <coughs> Wouldn't be the first time that richly by God blessed people proved almost immediately to be poverty-stricken, forgetful people. Or maybe they didn't forget it. Maybe rather they were just like, well, yeah, thanks for supper, Jesus, but that was yesterday. What have you done for us lately, Jesus? Do something for us now, Jesus. Then we believe, we'll believe in you, Jesus. A reminder, being as forgetful as they are, people being as ungrateful as they are, people being as what have you done for me lately, Jesus, as they are, doing all he came to do, it turns out is going to take more than the sign, the miracle of bread broken and given to all for the filling of their bodies. It is going to take also, it is going to take above all, the sign, the miracle of Jesus hanging on a cross and given to all for the forgiveness 
of the damned persistence of the sin of all. Back to the story, Jesus said to the crowds, you're just here because you want another magic meal. Listen, he says, God has provided, God will provide again for the needs of your bodies, but God and God only can also provide for the oh-so-deeper needs that are yours. For I, he said, and oh my goodness, people, listen to this, I, Jesus said, in the bread of heaven, Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever drinks from me will never be thirsty. It's possible the first part of this chapter reminded us for us or others to be physically hungry with stomachs that are empty. And that matters to Jesus. That always did and always will. He miraculously showed that truth in the first part of this chapter. But here, now, in this chapter, Jesus reminds us that it is also possible to be more deeply hunger with a deeper emptiness, an emptiness that the biggest Sunday dinner you've ever eaten in your whole life can't begin to fill or satisfy. Those of you who are my age or younger will know the British rock group Queen. By the way, here's a disturbing new life station I've just reached. I went to a care facility to visit one of our older members. You know, the Muzak. It was queen for crying out loud. <laughs> My music. All right, Frederick Mercury. We are the champions, that's what it was. Then the Eagles. What is happening? Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury, Queen's lead singer in 1990, was dying from complications of HIV-AIDS, though that had not yet been made public. Queen recorded a song then, which of course Freddie Mercury sang lead on. It begins like this, empty spaces, what are we living for? Abandoned places, I guess we know the score. On and on, does anybody know what we are looking for? On and on. Does anybody know what we are living for? The song called The Show Must Go On was released as a single in October of 1991 and Freddie Mercury died six weeks later. In an interview shortly before his death, he said, you can have everything in the world and still be the loneliest man. And that is the most bitter type of loneliness. He went on to say that the loneliness he was empty with was a loneliness for lasting love. In other words, you can't have, you can have everything in the world, right, and still be incredibly hungry for something that isn't something and which not one single thing in the world has been able to give you. For yes, there is such a thing as physical hunger, the hunger of the belly, though I imagine those of us who know much about that from personal experience are really a, a fairly small number in this group. But there's also such a thing as spiritual hunger, the hunger of the soul, the hunger for something that isn't something, but is rather something more than things. 
And it isn't just for every Mercury, it's surely all of us, isn't it? Who knows something about that from personal experience. So we may not have called it that any more than Freddie Mercury did. Spiritual hunger goes by all kinds of many names. But don't be fooled by all the names because spiritual hunger is what it is. It's the longing, the restlessness, the aimlessness, the anxiousness, the loneliness, the boredom of all who realize, or maybe those who don't even realize, that there's a deep emptiness deeply within and nothing we're eating, nothing we're doing, nothing we're chasing after is making that emptiness any less empty. Jesus said, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which of course doesn't mean we shouldn't get a job if we can and do what we can to buy some food for ourselves and maybe a hungry neighbor or two or three as well if we can. But what Jesus was telling the crowd who came to him by the thousands to do, to do another trick like that thing with the bread and the wine and the bread, pardon me, the loaves and the fish is that there's more to life than just stuff. And what Jesus was telling the crowd is that none of those things the world has to give, nothing, no thing that the world has to give, has what it takes to feed that deepest hunger, the hunger of our souls, the hunger that stares back at us oftentimes from our mirrors in the mornings or whispers at us in our sleepless moments, even in the middle of the night, even in our closets and our cupboards and our garages and our ledgers and our stomachs are full. Jesus said, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, which means that the emptiness, which is our deepest emptiness, can only be filled, according to Jesus anyway, by, well, by dining on Jesus. Which means that if you've been hungry lately, if you're hungry now, maybe it's because you haven't been eating enough of the food of him. So here's what I thought we'd do today. Let's eat. Let's be nourished together just for a couple of minutes by some of Jesus' bread. Served to us in the form of a few of Jesus' promises. Let's do it this way. Hello, my name is Roger. I'll be your server. I'm going to serve and you eat. We have a special today on bread of life. And you know how your mom always told you to chew with your mouth closed? I'm going to ask you to chew with, with your eyes closed. And maybe it's not how we normally do things, but come I want to invite you to trust me on this. Close your eyes. And with your eyes closed right now, take a deep breath and let it out. Take another deep breath and let it out. And with each breath that you take in, say a simple prayer as you as you breathe in each breath, say to Jesus, fill me. Fill me. 
Oh Lord, deep where I am empty, fill me. And now with your eyes still closed, it's time to eat. Here's some food. Feast on this. Come to me, all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me and nothing will tear them from my arms. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. Not even death will tear you from my arms. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus says, I am with you always. And if you, like Freddie Mercury, realize that the one thing you're hungry and lonely for more than anything is lasting love, feed on this morsel from the Lord of Easter. I love you forever. Oh, and Jesus says two more things, but I want you to feast on these with your eyes open. Jesus said, this is my body given for you. And this is my blood shed for you. Given and shed for the forgiveness of your sin. And in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, dear child, more than you are anything. I don't care what you think. I don't care what anybody else says. Dear child, more than you are anything, says Jesus. You are mine forever. That, sisters and brothers, I'm here to tell you is some great food. We're going to sing. We're going to sing a hymn, which is actually a prayer to be fed by really good food. And then, and then in word and water, and bread 